He grew up around Indiana sprint car racing, watching his dad, Kevin, race. But Chase Briscoe has made a name for himself as a NASCAR Cup Series driver these days. He moved to Charlotte around 2014 and has slowly worked his way into one of the top rides in the sport. And he won his first Cup race earlier this season at Phoenix. But this week, he announced he's going to do a sizable dirt racing schedule this year, along with his sponsor, Mahindra Tractor, that also sponsors his Cup car. And Chase joins me this time on Dirt Tracker Conversation to talk about all of the dirt racing he's going to do, uh, that partnership with Mahindra, and uh, where we're going to see him this year across a couple of different car types, including some he hasn't driven before. Uh, so please enjoy this conversation with Chase Briscoe. It's weird to say like NASCAR Cup driver Chase Briscoe. I, I feel like I've been around you for, for long enough now. And I, I feel like I'm at this point, like in, in my own kind of like NASCAR career and my own journey, it's like watching guys like you and, and Bell kind of come up through the ranks. It's like, I, you know, working at World Racing Group and, and you know, you being buddies with Ross. Like, I mean, I, I remember you starting to come around the office and stuff and like you guys going to lunch and things like that. But it's, is it crazy to kind of sit back and think about like what the last like six or seven years, like where you started to kind of where you are now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was literally six years ago. I was sleeping at Ross's. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's not that long ago in the, in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, it's definitely crazy. And then, you know, I kind of get reminded of it every week. The Ford performance racing simulator is literally, you know, three doors down. So every time I go on that road, I'm like, man, I used to always come over here and just hang out all the time. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, uh, you know, crazy how, how fast things have changed and, you know, just the progression, how fast it's all happened, has definitely kind of been eye-opening and very humbling. So, yeah, it's definitely been a, a wild ride for sure. Uh, I, I want to, like, how do you end up, like, I feel like coming where you come from and your dad being a dirt racer, like, how do you end up going the pavement route? Like, is that a conversation you and your dad have, you know, at some point, like, okay, I'm going to go this direction versus this direction? Like, why did you decide to do what you did? Yeah. So for me, uh, I always kind of felt like I struggled dirt racing for whatever reason. You know, I grew up not doing sprint car racing and, you know, I was good when I got slick, but up until that point, I, I kind of struggled to, to be the guy that was really fast when it was heavy hammer down, you know, to the, the ruts or up on the curb or whatever. And I just always felt like if I could get in a pavement silver crown car or something like that, I always felt like that would fit more kind of my driving style. And, uh, you know, we, uh, how it all came together is I'd blown a motor, I think literally maybe the second race of the year in 2013, I think it was. And we had no money to, to go race anymore that year. And I was scrolling on Facebook and there was this peak stock car dream challenge thing with Michael Walter racing. And I just entered this contest, not having a clue what the guidelines were or anything. And somehow got picked to go on this reality TV show that uh, had us all come to Charlotte and you drove a stock car uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway on a short track and a road course, things like that. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. And at the end of it, Ty Norris, who was the general manager at the time of Michael Ultra Racing, told me, hey, if you're serious about this, you probably need to move down here. And that's why when I graduated high school, I moved down here and just started volunteering at shops. You know, I felt like after high school, if I moved down here and it didn't work out, I could always go back home and, you know, try to race sprint cars and go get a full-time job. And I felt like I would always look back on it, you know, when I was 30, 40 years old, if I didn't try it at least and say, man, I wish I would have went and done that. And I ended up, it obviously worked out. but. Yeah, that was how the whole pavement thing came together because where I grew up in Southern Indiana, you know, there's really not any pavement tracks other than Salem and IRP and, and pavement racing was never even thought truthfully. It was just something I always thought if I get the opportunity to at least try it, I would enjoy it just because I feel like it would fit my driving style a little bit more than the dirt stuff. Truthfully. I feel like you are, you know, kind of uncommon in terms of like drivers coming up that, you know, 
you didn't have like a big sponsor kind of pushing you along and things like that. You really kind of had to hustle to to make things work and and to take advantage of opportunities. Like, do you think like that's still something like, you know, even though it's six or seven years later, now that you're in the cup series, like, do you think that that's something that's still possible at this point for drivers to come up with without having a ton of backing and still get opportunities? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when I did it, I, everybody would tell me that there's no way you're ever, I mean, if you would have told me or told anybody, you know, six years ago, yeah, you go down there and volunteer, you'll be running the 14 car in the cup series without ever bringing a dime. I don't think anybody would believe you or tell you it's possible. So I think it's definitely possible. Now, everything has to go your way. Uh, you have to get a lot of lucky breaks and, and things like that along the way, but I think it's definitely possible. You know, Bell didn't really ever bring money. I mean, he had Toyota uh, backing him, but outside of that, you know, he never brought any money either. So, yeah, I think it's definitely still possible. You know, you there's so many different ways to get here, right? Like Larson Bell, you know, they didn't ever bring money, but they had a resume. I never had either, really. I didn't ever have money, and I didn't have a resume by any means on the dirt side to kind of show for. So, yeah, I just got lucky. All the breaks, I was kind of in the right place at the right time. And every opportunity I got, I was able to perform and, and kind of get lucky in certain situations to where the next door would open up. So, yeah, it all takes kind of everything coming together. And I was just super blessed and fortunate that it all kind of worked out in my favor. Do you, I mean, have you felt pressure kind of along the way? Like, I mean, you've won in ARCA, you've won in trucks, you've won in Xfinity, now you're a cup winner. Like, do you feel pressure because you don't have that backing to like, to know that you have to perform or, or is it almost like the opposite is almost freeing that you can just go out there and race and, and whatever happens, you, you've already done some pretty incredible things. Yeah, I think for me, it's both. I felt like I always have the pressure to go out there and perform because that's all I have at the end of the day is to kind of go off my results and show why I should be in the race car. So I feel like that was one of my biggest things is even if we had damage, you know, whatever it was, I was always running 100% every lap trying to show what I could do. Uh, but then at the same time, I felt like it's kind of the reason that after the race, if it doesn't go my way, I'm I'm kind of just whatever, you know, because I shouldn't be here in the first place. So I'm just appreciative of the opportunity. So I think it's good both ways uh, because there is pressure on the racetrack. But then as soon as the race is over, I'm just thankful to be in that situation and thankful to even, you know, run that race that day because I, that's more that's one more race than I ever thought I was going to run. So for me, I think it, it goes both ways. But yeah, there's definitely been a pressure. Uh, you know, coming up, trying to to show my worth, right? I mean, coming from no money and, and not being able to ever bring a checkbook to a team, you have to win. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to ever put you in a car. So yeah, there's definitely a pressure that comes along with that. And uh, yeah, trying to just show that, that you can get it done on the racetrack. Uh, we were pitted next to you guys a couple of weeks ago at Coda. And, and like one of my favorite things that uh, about your, and I'm, I'm friends with some of the guys in your pit crew. And and but like one of my favorite things about you is is your pit board sign as a sprint car, yeah. which, is like, which kicks ass. Yeah. Um, but like it, through this kind of journey for you, like obviously we've seen you show up to the Chili Bowl with midgets, but like where has kind of dirt racing been as, as you've kind of made this journey up the ranks and on the pavement side? Yeah, it's been something I, I haven't got to do as much as I would like. Uh, you know, in 2017, my first year in NASCAR, I didn't race until the end of the season. I went to Turkey night, a couple other things. And then 2018 came and when I was part-time, I ran almost 30 something sprint car races and really tried to maximize my schedule. But then Ever since that 2019 season, when I was back to full time, all I did was run the Chili Bowl. Uh, just trying to kind of focus on the NASCAR stuff and, and try to, not that I'm established now, but just kind of get my feet set and show that that was kind of my main priority. And then uh, last year, I think I ran maybe three or four races. And then this year, obviously doing a lot more. So yeah, now that I feel like I'm, not that I've made it, but a little more established and kind of have my feet set and kind of where I want to be as a team and, and just as a driver, I feel like now I can kind of go and go back and do some of these things that I feel like does make me a better race car driver. It's just 
you know, over the last three or four years, the landscapes, you know, truthfully changed a lot, you know, four or five years ago, no owner wanted you to go run anything outside of the NASCAR stuff. And now with Larson and a couple other guys, it's kind of opened up to where you can go run other things. So that was kind of part of the reason too. Uh, you know, I remember two or three years ago, sitting down with Harvick and, and him talking about how I shouldn't be running anything else if I want to do this. And then now, you know, his mindset's kind of changed where if you can race anything, go race it. So yeah, I think for me, that's kind of been the biggest thing is just trying to show that I'm fully focused on the NASCAR stuff and not that I'm still not going to be doing that now that I'm running a lot more races, but I just feel like it makes me a better race car driver. Um, you know, last year I ran two sprint car races and those two weekends were probably my two best cup races of the year. I just feel like when I go and run a sprint car that same weekend or, you know, a couple of days before it just slows the cup car down so much, even though we're going way faster in the cup car, things just happen so fast in the sprint car. So for me, I think it just makes me a better race car driver. Well, like one of the ways that I kind of try to describe like, like, the really top guys I feel like in motorsports, like kind of even around the world is, is like, these guys are like racing nerds. And it's like, when they're not in a car, they want to be in a car. And like, obviously we've seen that with Bell and Larson. And, I, and I'm wondering if like, if you watching them kind of do what they've done, especially here the last couple of years is like, has that been like aspirational for you? It's like, you see those guys go do, and you're like, man, like they're doing yeah. cup and this stuff. I want to go do that too. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's where I, I think going back to what I was saying a second ago, like I always felt like Larson was in the situation where, you know, like he was said either way, right? Like if he wanted to go run sprint cars, they were okay with it because they were happy with what he was doing on the cup side or whatever, where I always felt like I hadn't had the results, I guess, on the, on the NASCAR side to be able to say, Hey, like, I'm going to go do this. And I feel like this makes me better. I was always more worried, I guess, about, um, you know, just making it look like my focus wasn't more on dirt racing versus my, my full-time job. Right now, I feel like like I was saying earlier, like the landscape has changed so much, you know, now you see Bowman, you know, Chase Elliott, even running more stuff. The landscape has just kind of changed where it's honestly like, they're like, yeah, go do it. Like if that's what makes you better. Um, and then with the practice and things like that change, and I think it, it makes it easier for the owners to say, yeah, if you can go get in a car, whether it's a sprint car or late model, whatever that is, just go get laps and go race as much as you can, because it, it's been proven to make you better. I think. I, I'm curious too. the, you know, you going out and getting that win at Phoenix here pretty early on in the season. And, and I mean, your results are, are massively improved this year, kind of from your rookie year. It seems like you're getting comfortable really quickly, but that win at Phoenix obviously guarantees you into the NASCAR playoffs. Does like having that kind of in your pocket help you when you go to say, Hey, I want to go run some more dirt races. And it's like, I'm already in the playoffs. So like, is yeah. that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think a little bit, you know, honestly, that was never even a discussion or, you know, I was already doing this before we even won Phoenix. So, I don't think it really changed anything. I, I know how my schedule is structured on the dirt side. I'll be done dirt racing first weekend of August, just so I can be ready for the playoffs, whether we were going to make it or not. So, yeah, I think, you know, some guys might make it a little bit easier, but like I said, our, our stuff was already done before I even went one Phoenix. So I don't, I don't think that really changed anything, but it does make it, I guess, a little bit of pressure off, you know, not that you're still not trying to go win every week on the cup side, but you know that you're in the playoffs when the time comes and that, that does make it a little bit easier, I think. I guess that was the other question here too, is like, how did this deal come together? It seems like with Mahindra and the agricultural stuff that this is like a natural fit for you to kind of go do some of this racing with them kind of on your car, but walk me through like the conversations and, and how this kind of what 25 race deal for you comes together. Yeah. So whenever Mahindra came on board to do our cup stuff, you know, they pretty much right away was asking, you know, what, what else are you going to race? And I told them that I was going to Chili Bowl in, a, in about a month and a half and they had heard of the Chili Bowl, thought it was a big deal. They said that their local dealers had sponsored a lot of the Chili Bowl in the past. So 
Uh, yeah, we just started talking about that and how it all started was I said, you should send a, a tractor to the Chili Bowl, let them use the tractor to prep the racetrack. And that kind of started the conversation of, well, why don't we just sponsor your car? And then that conversation turned into us actually being at the Chili Bowl. Uh, I think it was Friday night, one of the prelim nights we were up watching the races and I was talking to the marketing guy. He's like, hey, you know, what do you think about all this stuff? And I just told him I felt like it made me a better race car driver. Um, you know, it was something that I was really, really passionate about. It's kind of my first love. And told him, you know, I think it's a great market for you guys to be in as well. You know, these are the, the most grassroots fans you can have. You know, every single racetrack that you go to is going to have a tractor trying to prep the racetrack. So this kind of made sense. And he said, well, give me a schedule together of what you'd like to do. And I sent him a schedule. And a couple weeks later, he said, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, it, it happened kind of quickly and, and honestly, kind of naturally. I don't think when they signed up to be on the cup car, they expected they were going to be doing anything outside of that. Uh, it's turned into obviously a lot more races for me and, and a lot more of exposure for them just at the grassroots level. So it's been really cool to to be a part of that and to see a you know a sponsor come into the sport and really see the value of grassroots racing and uh, just the value of motorsports in general. Uh, the open wheel stuff, I'm assuming, is your stuff. I know you got your midget. Is, is do you own the sprint car too that you're going to race? No, I don't, I don't own the sprint car. I just own the midget. So my midget is actually uh, taken care of by Paul May out of Terre Haute. Uh, he used to run the All-Stars and stuff like that. And uh, It's actually his sprint car. So it's okay. the same car I drove last year. A couple of races, we just rewrapped it. And then I know you're going to do some late model stuff. And, and I, you know, you're partnering with Kent Robinson and Longhorn Chassis and all of that stuff. And I'm curious, like, I know of you running open wheel stuff. Like how much late model experience like do you yeah. actually have? So I've ran a crate late model one time and it was probably 2000, uh, actually it was, I think 2016 or 17. It was right when I was starting to, to run NASCAR stuff. Uh, I went and ran Brownstown in a crate late model. And honestly, I had a blast and I've always wanted to run a super late model. I just think they're cool looking cars. And then when I ran that crate, the biggest thing was, man, I wish I had more motor because you were kind of just stuck at one speed. So yeah, I'm super excited for the late model stuff. I'll, uh, I'm sure it's going to be very eye opening and very humbling. Uh, I don't think I'm even going to go test. I'm just going to show up and hot lap and see how it goes. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. It'll be cool that uh, Kent's letting me do that. You know, Kent is really the only late model guy outside of Hudson O'Neill. I really knew growing up. So, uh, you know, Kent's 25 minutes down the road from where I grew up. So it's kind of cool that two local guys are getting together and they're going to go run some races. And I'm super excited. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Uh, you know, I'm going to run Brownstown first, which I at least have laps around that place in a sprint car. And then, uh, do Charlotte, which will be really fast, I'm sure, and then Tri City with the Outlaw guys. So, uh, I just want to make the show one of them, and I'll be happy. I think that's what I think is like the best part of all of this is like you're jumping into this with the Flow Racing United America Series, the World of Outlaws Late Model Series, and the XR Super Series, which like you're going to have like the top guys in this deal, which yeah. I think is amazing. Yeah, it's um, going to be it's going to be tough, and I think. I might run the million. I don't know yet. I think I have a ride. So Kent's going to run Eldora. That's like his favorite track. So I've been trying to find something else to go run the million. I think I, I'm maybe going to run the million. So I'll see if I feel comfortable these first couple of races. And then if so, I'm going to try to run. I love it. Actually, I just like the last one of these shows I did was with Jeremy Bullens talking about him putting sunshine in the car for the million. Well, that's <laughs> who I thought I was going to drive for at the million and then sunshine slid me for it. So now <laughs> I got to go find something else, but I think I got a ride. It should be a really good one if it all works out. Uh, so tell me like a little bit about like the schedule you've put together. Obviously, we mentioned a few dates here and, and you tweeted about some and actually you're going to start this weekend uh, just across the street from the big big track at Talladega. But how did you kind of decide where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do? Yeah, the biggest thing is I was just trying to make it 
Uh, obviously, I have a, a seven-month-old now at home, so trying to be home as much as I can and, and try to not be gone all the time. I'm super busy now with the cup schedule in general and just everything that comes along with it that I tried to structure it as close as I could to the, tr- uh, or to the cup races. And then also try to do some midweek shows that weren't going to be super hard. You know, travel wise, the Brownstown will probably be the hardest one to do. And outside of that, like, I don't think I really have to go much earlier than any of the, the cup races. I think St. Louis is, is going to be one. I'll have to go early and then Eldor, obviously. But outside of that, they're all going to be close. Um, you know, four of them are here at Charlotte between Millbridge and, and the dirt track of Charlotte. And then, uh, I think I put out a schedule yesterday, I had 15 races, and then like 10 of them are going to be at Millbridge in a micro. So, uh, yeah, be pretty close to here or close to the cup races as much as I can. And then, like I said, try to be done by the first week of August. I think the BC 39 will be the last one I do. And just so I can focus for the playoffs that way. What are your kind of like goals and expectations for all of this? Obviously, we just kind of talked about the late model stuff, <clears> but obviously, you're going to be way more up to speed with the sprint car. And we saw you run good in that IRA show last year. So, like, you know, what are you kind of hoping to get done with these races? Yeah. I mean, truthfully, just go have fun. That's, I mean, I, I would love to go win a race, right? But at the end of the day, that's the fun thing. I think for me, when I've went ran dirt races in the past is there's absolutely zero pressure. I, if I make the show or if I win the show, I'm happy either way, just because I'm going there to have fun and, and hang out with my dad, hang out with my grandpa, people that I've grown up racing with from a, a crew member standpoint ever since I was little. So that's the big thing for me is it's just a getaway and it's a stress reliever for me to just go there and run. And I think the biggest goal is just to not tear anything up. And then outside of that, yeah, just go have fun. If we can win a race, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing. I think for me, when I, I do go to dirt racing is the result doesn't matter at the end of the day. I, I enjoy running the, the midget a little bit more just because it is my own and, and the owner can't be mad where Paul, I mean, he's still putting a lot of effort in it's his stuff and then same with Kent and I'm sure they want to see it run good, but. Yeah, for me, I just like going and having fun and, and just seeing people I don't get to see very much anymore. A lot of my buddies race, obviously, sprint cars and midgets, and I just don't get to see them or hang out with them. So that's kind of the big thing for me is just a stress reliever, truthfully, to go run these dirt races. And, and like I said, I feel like it does make it better on Sunday as well. I feel like these Wednesday night Millbridge shows have kind of <laughs> turned into like a bit of a murderer's row. Like you've got uh, yeah. you know, Larson showing up and Bell, and now you've got NASCAR, you know, you got Sheldon Creed running top five. Like, I mean, have you been out there a bunch to see some of those guys? Yeah, I haven't been out there at all this year, but yeah. I mean, used to, I, I would go and volunteer there as well. It's funny on my Facebook memories, it pops up all the time. Like I was running the pyro in victory lane. I was doing all this stuff just over there, hoping I'd pack the track almost every week. So I've always watched Millbridge every Wednesday if I'm not there, but yeah, I'm super excited to to get the micro put together. That was, that was one of the things Mahindra, you know, was like, Hey, if you want to run Millbridge, cause they met Jeremy and Ashley actually at the chili bowl and I was telling him a little bit about the racetrack and he's like, yeah, if you think you can race and that's close to home and easy for you, then let's get a micro. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go over there. It's kind of turned into, like you said, uh, a lot of tough guys really yeah. quickly. You know, it seems like it was, they were only getting 10 cars and then like 15 to 20 and now they're getting 40 a night or every Wednesday night. So yeah, it's going to be a tough show to just go over there and make the show, but it'll be the same thing. Just go over there and have some fun. And uh, one of my buddies from back home that works at Hendrick now is, is going to help me on it. So it'll be fun just to, to go hang out over there and just, you know, screw around. Uh, where is Tony at in all of this? I get, are these conversations you've had with him about doing some of this dirt stuff, dirt stuff, and kind of going back and forth? Like we know he he's kind of done a little bit of that, but but where's he been at in all of this? Yeah, truthfully, I mean he's not super involved in that stuff. Um, you know, I was talking to him about it. I want to say at Martinsville actually, and he's like, "Man, I'm, I'm all for it. The more you want to race, the better." He's like, "I'm a big advocate of that, as you know." So, yeah, I think that's the big thing for me is 
when I go to the higher ups, right? Like it's not that hard to sell because he, they can't really say no when Tony was always doing it. And <laughs> at the end of the day, it's his, his name on the building, right? So that makes it a little bit easier where if you're at a place like Hendrick or something, it might be a little bit harder to, to get that approval. But, you know, for us, Tony was doing it all the time throughout his career. And, you know, I guess that's the good and bad is Tony was always doing it, but he had a lot of crazy stuff happen between breaking his leg at Oskaloosa and stuff like that. So I guess that's where they're a little hesitant at times, like racing the night before. But yeah, I think it's definitely an easier sell knowing that Tony is so behind it and he, he sees the value of it because, you know, obviously he did it for as long as he did. Uh, how long until you have your own race shop here to keep all of this stuff? I feel like that, that's kind of like yeah. the other thing we've seen is like guys like they want to have it close so they can work on it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm not normally the guy working on it. I'm terrible <laughs> when it comes to anything mechanical, but uh, I did rent a shop uh, just for the micro. It's a slow base shop just so I could put it in something. I didn't have room here at my house in the garage. So I found a little spot in Huntersville and, and Mahindra helped me out even on the shop, just trying to make it where I had a place to stay and keep it at. So yeah, uh, I got to, I guess, build a shop eventually, but I got to see how this dirt deal goes. And I'd love to get my sprint car team back together. It's just a matter of making it all make sense. And would be fun to, to get back out there and do the USAC deal or the world of outlaws. Who knows? What, uh, where's your dad at in all of this? I, I know obviously he's been kind of a, a big influence on you, but does he get to come to the cup races every week? And, and he's, is he going to be kind of going along with you for some of this dirt stuff? Yeah, he goes to, I would say 80, 85% of the cup races. Uh, he normally doesn't do very many of the West coast ones, but yeah, he'll be at all the dirt races. I'm sure. I don't know about some of the late model ones, but um, yeah, he'll go to all the sprint car ones. You know, honestly, he doesn't even get super involved anymore. I mean, he'll kind of give his input on what he might do from a setup standpoint. But outside of that, he just rips the driver's rear end every time he comes in off the racetrack and tells tells me what I was doing wrong. And, and outside of that, he kind of stays out of the way. So yeah, it'll pretty much be the sprint car will be Paul's deal, and even the midget anymore. Paul kind of makes the final decisions and crew chiefs it. So my dad just kind of gives his input from the side and just kind of goes and hangs out and watches. Well, I'll let you go. I did want to ask you, uh, I, I can't let you go without asking you about Bristol this last week. And, and I was not there because there was no pit stops and no yeah. pictures. So I was watching it on TV. When you go to throw that slider on Tyler Reddick, at what point did you realize you were in really big trouble? Uh, about as soon as I went in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, as soon as I went into the corner and, and honestly, as soon as I saw Tyler didn't enter on the fence like he had been, I knew that there was no way I was going to make it work. Because the only way that it was going to potentially even work is if I could use all the distance leading up to the cushion. And even then I never really thought I was going to clear him, but I was just trying to get to his door and I was going to stop it. Like right before I got to his door and try to diamond off. And as soon as he went in the middle, I knew that I, I was done. I even pinched it off and I just held it wide open trying to stay off of him. But yeah, definitely can't throw a slider, a half a car back, even in a stock car. I learned that really quickly. And I, I think that was the good thing, truthfully, for me, is that it did happen to another dirt guy if it was going to happen. That's because Tyler got it. Like, he knew whenever I caught him and had a little run off the cushion off of two that the slider was coming. And, you know, I haven't heard him say on the radio on that radioactive deal, like, he was going to do the same thing if he was in my shoes. So, I think if it would have happened to a non-dirt guy, they maybe wouldn't have understood the slider mentality. Um, but it happened to a dirt guy was kind of the, the best case scenario, I guess, for me. And and not getting, you know, a black eye at the end of the deal. What is like different about driving those cup cars there versus kind of driving something more traditional? It's like, I feel like you see some guys kind of drive it almost like a pavement car. And then you see some guys that are kind of trying to slide it. Like, what was your kind of mentality going in there? Yeah, it was weird. You know, it kind of just depends on the racetrack, truthfully. And, and they, they definitely just drive different. They're just heavy. You know, the biggest thing is I feel like they don't, 
like when you go to sprint car racing or midget racing or whatever, like there's a difference between the slick and the moisture, especially if you're running the bottom, like slowing down and hitting it where those things are so heavy that the acceleration of like being in the moisture doesn't really matter. So you're almost better off just trying to keep it hooked up in the slick. Um, but yeah, they're just heavy and, and they don't, you can't really slide them, slide them. Like you can get them a little sideways, but once you go past that edge, like there's just no feel in the tire and it just honestly kind of spins you out. Um, but yeah, you can drive them kind of different ways depending on how the, the racetrack is, you know, for 75% of that race, I felt like Donnie just running right through the middle, just nice and straight and smooth. <laughs> and then at the end, I felt like I was hot, just on the fence, wide open. So yeah, you can kind of drive them different ways depending on how the racetrack is, but yeah, they definitely just, they're typically kind of tied in and, uh, you can kind of turn them in the center, but if you're loose in, at least I feel like you kind of struggle just because you can't run them sideways on entry because you can just never get the rear tires back underneath you. Cool. Well, uh, Briscoe, I appreciate the time today and uh, I'm excited to see you kind of get an opportunity to go run some more dirt stuff. I will definitely be watching for those late models. Yeah. I think those will be fun, but uh, thanks for the time today and uh, good luck with everything going forward. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. It was uh, awesome being on here. I'm a big fan of the show, so I watched it every so often. Appreciate being on here. Great. Thank you.